1: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
2: Coming in with fire takes. Fire takes on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and Sirius XM. Channel 80, the pre officially here. All right, drop the velvet rope. It's Thursday afternoon where we pick up these pre-can vibes. She is Courtney Cronin. I am Randy Scott. Neither one of us is Canty nor Carlin, but we are presented here on ESPN Radio by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet us. She is at... Courtney R. Cronin. I'm not going to try to spell it for you. It's traditional spelling. And also because on my screen it's Cronon and it was wonderful and I loved it. Like a Peloton, but Cronaton at Randy Scott ESPN for me. We got Shannon. We got Eric in the control room keeping us on the air. We got some rejoints today. Maybe some Tina Turner. We're not, we're not sure. We're not sure what we're, what's love got to do with it. I don't know. Love got to do with this Celtics Heat series because Kevin loves getting run. Let's go. We're off and running on a Thursday. Courtney, you're in Chicago, sunshine in your window behind you. That looks wonderful. Chamber of Commerce, Ferris Bueller type day.
3: Little cold out, actually, for spring. We had eighty degrees the other day when I was at OTA's, and today my watch says fifty seven. So Ooh. the normal mm. fluctuation that you have here in spring, you know you are a northwestern grad, you've dealt with these. Fair. Very opposite end of the spectrum sort of days that we get here. But, hey, we've got the pre coming up. I'd be drinking a White Claw right now if that was allowed. It is not. Uh, but we've got a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I differ on a lot of things, including how we feel this Heat and Celtic series is going to go. So I can't wait for that.
2: Yeah. Okay. So in case you haven't heard, and we can just fill you in right now, this series is going seven games. Okay. So buckle up. All right, we're going to have not only tonight in Boston, but you know what? We've got, who, who sings that? We've got tonight, we've got, is that Bob Seeger? I can't. Are we allowed to sing? I forget what the rules are. It's different on SportsCenter than it is on the radio, but we've got tonight. What about tomorrow? Yeah, we got that. You and sound we just got seven. like him. It's like he's in the room. It's like he's here. Can
3: you do Tina Turner, too?
2: Can't. Can't. RIP. Gone too soon. Got to respect the legend. Um. All right, let's, we can dive into it. I, I do want to get your spoiler rules, the 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 Cronin laws uh, on on what that is, because specifically with regard to a Sunday night show, I remember watching Game of Thrones in my car on the way to work. <laughs> I would throw it up on the app, I'd throw it through the, the speakers in the car, and I'd listen to it more than I'd watch it, just so I knew what happened, because there were going to be PAs who stayed up all night. Who you know sleep was nothing but a concept to them, and then also on social media people would ruin it all the time. So I remember Game of Thrones; I would just go the extra mile to watch it as opposed to expecting other people uh, to obey spoilers. Now we'll get in. Let's let, let's dive into the festivities tonight. We already know that Heat are going to be down a man, and you're going to laugh. You know, Courtney, I say, hey, they're they're down, Gabe Vincent, and the reaction is, okay. You know He's out with a left ankle sprain. Okay, no. Gabe Vincent is averaging 17.5 per game in this series. It's a left ankle sprain. He's not going tonight. Perhaps more importantly, he's shooting 50% from three, Courtney. And we have seen the team that wins the three-point battle wins the games in this series. That's how Boston took game four.
3: Yeah, and I don't know how you're going to try to shoot 18 threes again and make them against this heat defense, but that was the recipe for success in game four. And if they can follow suit... I'll have to agree with you. If they can do that, there will be a Game 6 here. I'm of the belief that this is over. This is where you have your stars show up, and that's what Jimmy Butler's going to need to do, but don't make any mistake about it. And I know last year, if we are talking about Gabe Vincent, a lot of people listening would be like, who is that? Even as of a couple <laughs> weeks ago, many people would have been like, who is that? And then you bring up, hey, did you know he's an undrafted guy? And Eric Spolcher tells you to shut up because he doesn't want to hear about it. But... It's all that I say all of that to say his impact in this series, Randy, in throughout the postseason in fifteen games played, has been tremendous. This was somebody who wasn't sure that his starting spot was gonna be guaranteed in the playoffs a couple months ago. And now this is a player, if you're the Miami Heat, thinking, hmm, we can't really do without him. Their backcourt is super thin right now, so naturally the thought goes, Well, if they don't have Gabe Vincent tonight, which they don't in game five Will they get him back for Game 6? How do they overcome the absence? These are all super important questions that the Heat have to try to figure out because this is a sizable impact to potentially what this is going to mean for Game 6. And if they can't close it out tonight, how they're going to be able to escape the fear that comes with, hey, the Celtics are actually making this a series and mm-hmm. they might not be able to recover.
2: What, what it means tonight is we're going to see more Kyle Lowry. And if this game was being played... You know We talk about home and road, but if this game was being played in 2018, that's a problem for Boston. It's not a problem right now. This this version of Kyle Lowry, you need to disavow yourself of whatever image you have in your mind of Kyle Lowry because that dude is not this dude. There's a reason that this Kyle Lowry lost starters minutes to Gabe Vincent. There's a reason that this Kyle Lowry is coming off the bench. Does he have playoff experience? Sure. Does he have a ring? Sure. But he's not that same dude. So you're right. The heat are thin in the backcourt. You're going to expect another 42-minute night, probably for Jimmy Butler, unless this gets away. And as of this morning, unless this gets away from Miami, the folks in Vegas seem to think so. See, our friends at Caesar Sportsbook have the Celtics laying eight and a half, favored to win this game and send it back to Miami for a Game Six. Here's the thing, though: if you're Miami, no one's believed in you all postseason. You had to beat the the Bulls to even get into the official, you know, 18 playoff format that we talk about, and you're going against the Celtics team. According for the life of me. I cannot figure out why this is the case. Boston has a sub five hundred record at home in the playoffs. They're four and five at the garden
3: I don't i that's been the stat I've tried to figure out like how do you play better on the road? How is that possible you're supposed to play better when you're in an environment that is comfortable to you when you are on your home floor, you know how the built like how it works to shoot inside that building yet for some reason going away from the garden seems to work in the favor of the boston celtics and that was not just this year randy last year too think about it like they yeah. won game 7 of the eastern conference finals against miami to get into the nba finals and they did at they did that on the road they won you know the closeout game against the atlanta hawks this series on the road to get to this to get you know to the 76ers series and now the is going to be on them. Deliver it at home, so then you can go do what you did on the road to be able to even up this series at 3-3. No team, we've heard the stat, no team's ever come back from this 3-0 deficit that they are currently in, but finally, finally for once, Vegas can actually get something right and say, yeah, like now it makes sense as to why these Celtics are 8.5-point favorites after opening up 7.5-point favorites going into Game 5, but I still... I don't count out this Miami Heat team. Every injury they have dealt with, whether it's Victor Oladipo, whether it's losing Tyler Hero, they've been able to overcome in a dominant Bam Adebayo, in the bench minutes that they've gotten from their guys further down the list. And oh, by the way, they have a guy named Jimmy Butler on their team who's <laughs> done pretty darn well. And if you can have Jimmy Butler, like I know that we've talked about this with the Phoenix Suns, how much I wanted to see someone, Anyone, a living, breathing body, not named Kevin Durant or Devin Booker, step up and try to take off some of that load from those two. In a closeout game like this, if you're the Heat, you rely on your stars. You rely on Jimmy Butler. You let him play those 44 minutes that you were talking about and give him then, you have like five days then of rest before you have to start the NBA Finals and right. you can start play, game planning for Nikola Jokic and the, and the Nuggets.
2: Yeah, it's it. Jimmy Butler has to be... Maybe not elite, you know, 45-point Jimmy Butler tonight, but he's got to go for 30. I'd I'd put the magic number at 30. I don't even know if that's enough because I don't think they're going to have the first half of ineptitude from Boston stars. I mean, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were no-shows in the first half of Game 4. That was Miami's opportunity. I'm not saying it's the last, but it was their first to put the boot on the neck of the Celtics and just end it for good. Instead, you gave life to a more talented team, okay, up and down the roster, the Boston Celtics are more talented than the Heat. That is not to take away from what Miami's doing. If anything, it's to add more frosting on that cake. They deserve more celebration because they have overperformed and made the Celtics play their style of game. Boston finally got to play their 3-and-D style in Game 4. Defense led to breakouts. They hit the three-point shot that they haven't done through Games 1 through 3. If they do that again, they're going to win tonight in Boston. And then they have a winning road record. They're 5-3 and three away from Boston in these playoffs, and so to me, all the pressure right now is in the Miami uniform and not on the Celtics. And as a matter of fact, it's, which is crazy considering Boston's a 2-seed and Miami's the 8-seed, but that's where we are in these playoffs right now, and Chris Canty talked about it again on his own program, talked about where the pressure has shifted in this series.
1: All of the pressure right now in this series has got to be shifted to the Miami Heat because they're expected to win. It goes from being the little engine that could to the team that was up 3-0 and damn well better beat the Boston Celtics. Because if you don't, then everybody's going to be looking at Jimmy Butler and saying, hmm, you're kind of what we thought we were instead of this magical carpet ride that he's been on throughout the playoffs.
2: I, I, okay, so I, Canty is, is absolutely right to me about the pressure, Courtney. I think Butler's done this too often for us to think it's just a flash in the pan
3: in every single series this ye- this season in the postseason. In the bubble. there's been the G- there's been the Jimmy Butler moments. I mean you mentioned that Bulls game. They were you know the final minutes of that game, if it's not for Jimmy Butler, they don't end up getting into the postseason to begin with. Then of course game five against Milwaukee, last se- last series against the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers This series, you've seen a quieter Jimmy Butler because, oh, lo and behold, a team figured out what what do you have to do to eliminate him or at least quiet him? Double him. And the Celtics have figured Mm -hmm. that out to a degree. But I still think that there is that extra gear that Jimmy Butler can kick into because Game 3... Really helped when you had Butler on the bench for the majority of the you know majority of the second half when they're just running circles around the Boston Celtics. You'd like to believe that some of that energy he was able to conserve there can be put to use tonight. I know that that's kind of like a neither here nor there argument when we talk about the recovery and what that takes from somebody like him. He has that extra gear. It's not you're right. Not a flash in the pan because we've seen it a lot, and it's not just this year. It's the bubble year. And every team that he's been on, he's been able to find that extra element to lift his team when they need him the most. I think mm-hmm. this is a prime example where you see him writing, continuing to write his story about, I can be that guy when you need a bucket, when you need those moments of, it's desperation time and there's nobody else I can turn to. That guy become, that that's Jimmy Butler's moment. And so on the road, in a hostile environment, knowing what this means for the amount of time that this team's going to be able to have off to prepare their bodies and their minds for the number one seed in the West in a team that just closed out the Los Angeles Lakers in four games. Mm Mm-hmm. Super important that playoff Jimmy shows up in a big way, and I'll go one step above. I think it's going to take a 40-point performance from Jimmy tonight. I don't Ooh. know if 30's going to do it.
2: All right, magic number at 40 for Jimmy Butler. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Randy Scott. We're in for the guys. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. A reminder to tune in tonight for Game 5 of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals. As the Celtics host the Heat, coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on SiriusXM Channel 80. I want to get back to what Courtney said about how no team in NBA playoff history has ever come back uh, from an 0-3 series deficit, and it, it, it's one thing to hear it; it's another to sort of quantify that sample size here. There's it's happened 150 times in NBA history, so teams are zero and 150. The number of teams to even force a game five is just 44. The number to point, or rather, push it to a six is 11, and only three times has a series started three love and gone to seven games. So we're going to see history this year, Courtney. We're going to see the fourth time in NBA history that a team gets up off the deck and pushes it to a game seven. And it's going to be on the strength of what the Celtics specifically unlocked in the second half. Joe Missoula has taken his slings and arrows, and I might be seeing more of them, hearing more of them because of where I live up in the Boston area. There's no shame in getting outcoached by Eric Spolster. I I don't know how long the list is in the NBA of guys who can, you know, roll out of the locker room and outcoach Eric Spolster, but it might be a two-person list. It might be Popovich and maybe Brad, maybe Brad Stevens, who's not even a coach anymore. Maybe Pat Riley. I don't know, but there's no shame in getting outcoached. That's what makes the second half adjustment for Missoula in drawing up Schemes, pin downs, plays where Jason Tatum, he knew Tatum was going to continue to get double teamed. They thrived when Tatum was double teamed in the second half compared to the first half. It's how now this becomes a counter matchup. Like, how does, you know, Spolster's going to adjust? What does Missoula do to Spolster's adjustments? The first half's going to be fascinating tonight.
3: And it's going to require who is the alpha on that Boston Celtics team. Sometimes those, those moments show up and you're like, hey, it is Jason Tatum when you think about what he did in the closeout game potential closeout game in game 4 to be able to survive elimination when leading his team in points leading his team in rebounds and assists second nba player to do that with multiple games like he sho- he's shown he can rise to the occasion in those moments he did it last year in the series that got the, this team to the nba finals against the golden state warriors and he did it in game 4 now where does the help come from because those 18 threes that they had like that is I think the that's the determining factor here like where does that come from if it's not Jason Tatum is it Marcus smart is it Jalen Brown because so many times you're like hey he's out here on his island he might be giving you like a 50 point performance like he did you know earlier in the series in the in the 76er series but then then who else like the disappearing act that you've had from Jalen Brown throughout the postseason is kind of alarming and certainly The adjustments that Joe Missoula has made to counter that, I think for a rookie head coach, those are important things to note. But will it be enough when the pressure on this team to – to keep this series alive comes down to yeah. the X's and O's and it might be a chess match between somebody who in Eric Spolstra has been through this multiple times again and again and again and Joe Mazzula right now just trying to go through it for the first time and figure it out.
2: I think I think working Derek White back into the starting lineup for Joe Mazzula like he it, it, the the lineup for the Celtics that worked against the 76ers that eventually unlocked that series for Boston really in the nick of time because that had to go seven games was going big, was having Robert Williams starting next to Al Horford. Okay, Horford mm-hmm. stays in the starting lineup now against the Heat, but rolling Williams out there is too much of an offensive liability and it limits your defensive your perimeter defense. So when Miami was suddenly hitting three point shots at a clip that they had not done throughout the regular season, let alone the postseason, when they started doing that to start the series, the Celtics were in trouble. And there was a reluctance to get Williams off the floor because of the rebounding advantage that you would have. There are no rebounds if Miami's hitting shots. So now they get Derek White back out there for his offense. He goes for 16 points in game four. Defensively he was enough of an issue, had two steals, had two blocks They were disruptive defensively. They were able to get the offensive production that they were lacking with Time Lord getting getting starters minutes. Derek White got his confidence back. If that's what can carry on, to answer your question, I think Derek White is this sort of mystery third Celtic where if Tatum has a bad first half, if Brown has a bad first half, maybe there's someone else not named Marcus Smart who is in love with his own jump shot and has been ever since he picked up a basketball, somebody else who could score. That's what you need to be able to tread water, maybe not carry the team, but if you're within seven or eight at halftime, Celtics have proven they can make the adjustment and come out in the second half and and maybe steal one and then send it down to Miami where they, listen, have a winning record. Boston, a winning road record in these playoffs.
3: Yeah, and that's the key here. Can they get to a game six? Because, again, the course correcting that's happening from the betting market it finally got to a point where you're like, oh, that kind of makes sense after you know the 3% chance that they gave the Miami Heat, which we were all laughing at after they go up 3-0. Mm-hmm. If this thing gets back to Miami, and you've seen how well Boston has played on the road throughout this playoffs and last playoffs, could be a completely different story. I am of the belief it ends tonight. I think playoff Jimmy goes off and saves the time and energy it's going to take this team to get ready for the NBA Finals. But again, if they lose tonight... That's a completely different series going into Game 6.
2: And I think we're looking at a Game 6 in Miami on Saturday. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Randy Scott. Robert Sala says the Jets are among six to eight teams with a realistic shot to win the Super Bowl. Is the Jets head coach correct? All of that on Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio after Courtney has this word from NHTSA.
3: Thank you, Randy. Every day there are drivers on the road who decide not to buckle their seatbelts. Some of these drivers will be ticketed by law enforcement, Some of these drivers who crash won't make it home. Buckling up is the single most effective way to protect your life in the event of a crash and make it home safely to your loved ones. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by
1: NHTSA. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle
5: legal and administrative and customer support at robert half we know talent visit roberthalf.com today
1: this is the canty and carlin podcast
2: i i swear the conversations that we have in between the conversations that we have on the air the off-air stuff is its own show you know it's the seinfeld it's a show about nothing but man would it be fragrant and pungent Considering the conversation we just had. It's KT and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. However you found us on this beautiful Thursday where it's 55 and breezy in Chicago. Uh, thank you for asking, Courtney. It is 70 and sunny here in Bristol.
3: Thanks for rubbing it in, just yep. like that cologne. She is
2: Courtney Cronin. I'm Randy Scott. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Join the conversation, the CC call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Diana Rossini knows that number. She joins us. She's our ESPN everything for the purposes of this segment. Our NFL reporter and New Jersey correspondent, Diana. Um, you were at OTAs for the Jets, and you didn't see Aaron Rodgers do much because he didn't do much. What more can you tell us about the new guy there uh, in Jersey?
6: My ADD is so bad right now. I have like 700,000 things I want to get into with you from starting with how you just said my name because you said it the way Paul Anka says it, which is how I, why I was named Diana. So I was like, oh. why would Randy know Paul Anka? Yes. But that's amazing. Does not surprise me. Um, I know Courtney's um, opinion about clone. Uh, I'm in a little bit with her, but I will say that uh, as someone that is surrounded by uh, very smelly, stinky diapers, I'll take anything else. So I'm in the, if you got to put a lot of it on, I'm, I'm, I'm open. I'm open to it because it it, it sure beats, you know, what, you know? <laughs> um, so the opposite of, you know, what right now is the vibe in New York around the Jets guys, because what Aaron Rodgers has been able to, to really provide this team. And just, if you think about it, really just like a four week span here, um, besides the fact that he, you know, he looks youthful and, and rejuvenated. He's, and but guys, let's not take away from the basic, simple emotion of happy, right? Because that's what he looks. He looks happy, and we've all been around those that are happy, and they they seem to be comfortable in their skin, and it's a it's a pleasant space to be in, right? Especially in sports when there's just so much drama all the time. Um, just being around him on Tuesday was really refreshing, too. And and look, he he won over the New York media pretty quickly with just being very open and and honest and energetic about this experience and the fact that it hasn't been perfect in terms of learning the offense. It hasn't been perfect in terms of learning this Jets organization, but he's hoping to change that. And when we talk about Aaron Rodgers stepping into this Jets facility and changing the standard and changing the expectations, it's not really a knock on the Jets, right? It's not like there's dysfunction. It's just this is what this team needed. And most NFL teams across the league will tell you, if you can get a quarterback of this caliber with this leadership, athleticism, mental capacity, and leadership ability, you're going to do everything you can and you're going to, to, to get him there, which is what they did. And then you're going to allow him to drive the car. You're going to give him the keys and allow him to pretty much own the New York Jets at this point, which is happening. And, and it, 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 it's a good thing.
3: Those eager, excited vibes that he's projecting out there seem to be rubbing off akin to Randy's cologne and what he does on (laughs) on Robert Sala because that comment about the Jets being among six to eight teams with a realistic shot to win a championship in 2023 makes you raise your eyebrows when you look at the trajectory that this team has been on, but now where it changes this year. What did you make of his comments that he made at OTAs?
6: Courtney, this is why I've always thought of you as one of the best at ESPN, because you heard that. And I didn't think enough people heard that in the press conference um, because there was a lot going on, right? All eyes were on Aaron. We're worrying about the calf. But when, when Coach Sala shared that, I thought that was very strong, very strong. And I can tell you that I, I wasn't the only one who thought that. Um, it sounds like it, it certainly caught your attention, but also people around the league. Um, I had some people in the league simply cute little text messages of like, "Oh wow, okay, um, that's aggressive. You have a lot of confidence, and that's raising the bar um, in terms of what this Jets team has. Oh, how they've approached the off season headed into a new season, which is you know they try to stay off the radar. Let's let's just let's just work hard, and the wins will come. And, and now he's talking." He's talking Super Bowl, which, which we kind of know is a kiss of death. You never do that. But I think this is where they feel. I think, you know, one thing uh, that, that Robert Sala is pretty phenomenal at is being really comfortable in himself and letting others do the same. Um, in fact, Aaron was sharing that. That's what, what he really likes about Coach Sala, um, is, is that everyone can be themselves. So the fact that he's saying that just tells you how they feel about this in the building. We don't, we, we don't need a guess anymore. Where do the Jets see themselves What's, what would be considered a disappointment? Based on that, the disappointment is if they don't win the Super Bowl this year.
2: <laughs> all right, so, Diana, we got to ask you about this cologne conversation that we were having, and I think we all agree that a little goes a long way, okay? I don't want to make it sound like I'm espousing, you know, smelling like an eighth-grade dance. I'm just curious if there is an iconic scent that you remember growing up where you're like, oh, man, guys are suddenly starting to try now, you know? <laughs> guys are starting phenomenal. to try to not smell like recess. <laughs>
6: This is phenomenal because I remember both scents. I remember the scents of B.O. and young, <laughs> pubescent, 13-year-old not wearing deodorant yet. Um, and it's just a big Italian soup, Italian chopped salad scent with red onion. Um, <laughs> this cologne that my, the, I, would, I have a lot, actually, that I can recall. But the, my first, the original scent that was like, okay, boys are cute, they smell nice, was cool water. For me, yeah. that was the one that really was like everyone was wearing cool water. And then um, I would say the one in my adult life now, um, and I can smell it whenever a, a guy that walks by me has it on, is Creed. Um, and it's, it's a rather pricey sense. So usually that person that walks by is somebody of importance or has a lot of money, and, and then I continue to run after them. Um, but no, not really. It's just, <laughs> I, I think, lo- lo- looking back on it, it's funny. I can... If, I mean, look, no. If you're wearing, if you're listening to this and you're wearing Cool Water, bring it back because I know for me, it will still work on me. Um, it definitely brings back the memories of, of my youthfulness. Did, did you ever touch Cool Water?
2: Oh yeah, I did. I spilled it. I, it. The problem was I have, I have, I have clumsy hands with cologne, so I would spill it. One broke in a gym bag when I was playing high school basketball. One broke uh, on my dorm room oh, floor. Thanks. So we had to get out of there. Like, it's just, it happens. Like, if it breaks and spills, it's like a grenade goes off, but it lasts for a month. Do
6: you remember Jupe? Yes. We were a- just talking about that <laughs> one. Yes.
3: We were
2: talking about Jupe. We were talking about Dracar Noir. We were talking about, I, there was something called, like, preferred stock, I want to say, that was sold in a lot of drugstores. <laughs> a lot of Dwayne Reed's. There,
6: there, there's, like, some classics that still work that I can, that I will smell. But, and it's, you know, my father still wears the same one, and it, it just it's like an old spice type one, but it but it works. there's a Ralph Lauren one out there that's a classic um yeah. and and I think it matters i mean i know we're not doing we're not having a conversation on what you should be wearing it's more of how much of it um but i I think the cla- the classics really never get they their classics because they they must work on some female out there
2: that's true. Yeah, I mean, if you're, you're trying to draw people in. So a little goes, little goes a long way. You want to get them on the edge of the cloud and then make them want to smell more and not push them away and give them a migraine. Courtney's so, Courtney's so smell sensitive, that, sensitive, is what she said. I thought that was clever. But smell sensitive, that it gives her a migraine if people are wearing too much.
6: Yeah. And it, I've, I've, I've been in, all right, we've all been around that person, right? Whether it's perfume or cologne, where you're like, oh my God, it's horrendous. And unfortunately, you know, it tends to be, older people um who you know for whatever reason that they're putting on way too much but um i i feel like there's a there's a certain space where it's okay and there's a certain air like it's it's the worst when it's in an elevator like oh my gosh that is horrendous but there's nothing better than like a fresh smelling person um you know one of the things after a football game for example you know the guys always shower and they come out and talk to the media afterwards and they're showered and clean, and it's like, thank you for doing that. Like, yeah. I, put more, put more on. Go ahead, you know, because uh, I smelled you walking off the field, and it, w- it it wasn't very good.
2: Yeah, I was kind of a never nude in high school, so I wouldn't shower with the team, and then I would just cover it up with cologne after. No big deal. We don't need to talk about high school.
3: I was nude. a never nude ne- too. Let's go. Is this a term that I don't know? A never nude? And, uh, what? A, uh, arrested development? Yeah. I'd
6: learned Never, something. I I, I, I learned was crazy was and weird. I played Division One soccer. Think about that. I played women's soccer at a high level, and I still wouldn't shower in front of my teammates. They were like, right. "Ew!" You know, in, in college especially. I mean, my teammates—they they, showered in, in the middle of the bleachers <laughs> if they could.
2: Shout out, shout out, George Mason. Simpler times back then for the.
6: I'd kill to look naked like that now. (laughs) Geez, no one wants to see this.
2: All right, Diana, we're getting out on
6: that. We
2: appreciate you. We love that we could talk anything with our ESPN NFL reporter at Diana2N's ESPN1N. Thanks, Diana. Cool water for life. Let's go. She is Courtney Cronin. She is just positively repulsed at even the thought of these strong scents, and I don't blame her. I had a heavy hand. I had a heavy pour back in the day. I'm Randy Scott in for the guys. want to hear from you. Yes, we're opening up the phone lines for the cologne. Let's go. What was the first cologne or perfume that you started wearing or remember smelling as a kid? Could be on you, could be on a significant other, your parents, whatever it is. When did you become smell conscious? Okay, smontious. Let's go. It's Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
4: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
1: Candy and Carlin the podcast
2: <laughs> Oh Can and Carlin ESPN radio the ESPN app Sirius XM channel 80 or your smart speaker we're presented by Progressive Insurance she is Courtney Cronin I'm Randy Scott. You can join the conversation. we got full phone lines right now. CC call in line is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And you're like, wait a minute, there wasn't an NBA game last night. What could possibly have these lines just burning up right now? Burning like some expired old spice on your skin 30 years ago, Shannon Penn. uh, It is the topic of the day. What was the first cologne or perfume that you started wearing
5: as a youngster. I pulled. I pulled with that Old Spice. I you, pulled. Just letting it be out there. Let they, it be
2: known. I pulled. You know what that's like, though? That's like the kids that used to cut open a tennis ball and fill it with pennies and then tape it shut to make their arms stronger, and they'd throw that. Like That's what you were doing with the Old Spice. You put yourself at a disadvantage with 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 the opposing, the opposite sex, just so you could get better with it. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. 3-D and chess I, right there. And I respect it. All right. You said Joseph in Orlando needs to go first. You could not stop laughing when you fielded this call. So let's go to Joseph... In Orlando, you're on ESPN Radio.
7: Yes. Good afternoon. I'm excited about this topic because uh, a lot of people still think that Cool Water or Nautica is the cologne, and in, in the early '90s, that's what everyone wore. But as I mentioned, I began wearing Izzy Miyaki and coined the phrase "Izzy makes the girls go dizzy." <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my
7: god oh joseph
2: all right uh oh man okay if you're old is it
3: is he miyaka
2: is he miyaki i don't know Izzy it is miyaki oh Izzy makes the girls oh, go. you don't but, know Izzy miyaki can,
3: can you joseph can you explain to me <clears throat> what it smelled like
2: how do you
7: explain oh it's, smell? it's it's refreshing so you think about cool water that is is, is kind of the, the high note. Izzy brings it down just a tad, but it's also uh, like you just stepped out of the shower. And no matter how much you spray, it doesn't give you that overwhelming cologne smell. Oh, you, you've got to smell a bottle okay. of Izzy Miyaki. Izzy okay.
2: I'm looking I, it
3: up right now. I mean, I wor- it doesn't seem like it's super expensive. Jo- it's the Everyman cologne.
2: Joseph, thank you. I'm worried about you, Courtney, around this because you've said that a little goes a long way, like you've said that you could get a migraine. Yeah, he's talking about making girls go dizzy from the from the. Izzy.
3: I am not a good candidate to hang around Joseph if he's wearing Issy Miyaki, which they do have cologne for men and women. I'm learning all of this in real time. You guys good. are talking about early '90s cologne. I, I don't think I like ever. I don't think I came to understand the art of how to wear it, or really what it was. Because I mean, I couldn't wear it as a kid. I had a really sensitive olfactory system. Oh. Uh, so my first one that I remember, and overdoing it to the point of getting sick was Abercrombie Eight. Have you ever walked into an Abercrombie and Fitch? That smell. <laughs> they bottled it and they sold it as perfume.
2: <laughs> I used to not mind how, an Abercrombie and Fitch. Smelled, but I haven't been in an Abercrombie & Fitch in 20 years. Like, literally they, 20 years.
3: Go, go into an Abercrombie now, for anybody who's listening that went to an Abercrombie & Fitch or an Abercrombie in the late 90s. Go into one now, and you will notice a difference. Like, I remember walking into one at the Mall of America a few years ago, and I was like... I don't smell anything. like That oh. used to be half the battle. You'd walk yeah. in there like having to... I remember my dad would not walk into an Abercrombie and Fitch with me. He would take me a limited, Two. He wouldn't walk into an Abercrombie and Fitch with me because it stunk, Let's, like Abercrombie ate.
2: <laughs> Let's get to Tammy in Alabama. Tammy, you're on ESPN Radio.
7: Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. How okay, are you? Listen, first, I'm good, thanks. I, I got three things for you. First, the guy down in Florida, he is so right. That is Isseniaki would have you walking around a grocery store stalking a guy trying to find out if he's buying bread for his mama or to take home because he needs a wife. I'm trying to tell, He ain't even lying.
2: Okay, okay. He Noted. is
7: so right. Now, the two cents that I remember that I'll never forget, sixth grade art class, we had a substitute art teacher, and she walked in and... She was wearing the worst thing. I am sorry to all of the grandmothers that are listening, but it is time to let White Diamond die. Oh, yes. Tammy, speaking into existence, Elizabeth Taylor, RIP, time to go. Absolutely right, Tammy. Absolutely, Tammy. Taylor,
2: absolutely, right, Tammy. absolutely yeah, that, right.
7: And then, and like, my sophomore year in college, oh, that Japanese cherry blossom, I don't I want remember. to call this. Body Works store place name, oh. but that Japanese cherry blossom will get caught yep, up in your that's throat body and make works. you want to vomit from every orifice you All have. Right.
2: So- We're going to keep this conversation going. We get NFL Week of back. It's Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio.
1: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.